Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Rotelli. Today on the show, we have the leader of the unanimous number one lacrosse team in the country, Grant Ament. Grant, thanks for coming on the show today. How you doing? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Uh, absolutely excited to talk to you. Um, you guys are having a heck of a year at Penn State. In the most recent poll, you're the unanimous number one team in the country. Uh, off to a 9-1 and one start this season with your only loss to Yale. Um, how have you guys had such a great start so far this season? What's been key? You know, I think first off, uh, we we have some pretty talented players in our locker room. I think that's that's been shown um, week in and week out. Um, but also, we just I think we have a great uh, blend of of leadership from the upperclassmen and as well as uh, the accepting of their roles in the in the underclassmen and some underclassmen that have really stepped up. Um, and it's also a team that has kind of grown up together over the past four years. Um, you know, a lot of guys in uh, the senior class, um, I'm technically a redshirt junior, but guys that I played with my freshman year, um, you know, we had a lot of guys that contributed, uh, from freshman year on. And then, uh, some guys that are in our, are in that class that have just started contributing this year. Um, but we've basically been able to grow up together and kind of learn the ways of, um, what to do and what not to do. Um, and, uh, it's been smooth sailing thus far. Um, but we're, almost halfway through the, the Big Ten season. So, uh, you know, it's the the best of, of what we can do is yet to come. So excited to keep keep pushing and keep seeing what we can do. Yeah, that is, that is very exciting. You mentioned there's a lot of the same people on this year's team that have, that have been with you for the last few years. Have the practices this season been generally the same, or are you guys doing something different at practice this year? I would say it hasn't changed up too much. Um, you know, we've we normally take the first uh, day or two post game uh, and clean up. You know, what we ha- did wrong in that game or what we need to work on, um, and then we shift our focus towards our opponent. Um, and that has seemed to work for us uh, thus far. Um, but I mean, I, I'd say. Our focus has changed a little bit this year and, and more on us and less on our opponent. Um, not to say we don't respect every opponent that we, that we play, but um, you know, we, we figure if we can do the little things very well and play our game as well as possible, um, you know, it, it should, everything else should take care of itself. Yeah, yeah. Well, one thing you're doing very well this season is scoring goals. Um, as a team, you guys are leading the nation with 17.3 goals a game. Uh, what are you doing at practice to become so great offensively? Yeah, kind of similarly to you know our team's success, our offense has had success just because of who is out there for us. I mean, our our top six, um, four of them are juniors or seniors, and we've played together for a while, um, and, and our chemistry is is probably at an all time high, and I still think it can get a little bit better. Um, and, uh, you know, we've got some younger guys, um, specifically in that top six, Dan Rayum and, and Jack Kelly, um, you know, who are, uh, have really stepped up. Um, and then in that, in our second midline, it's actually all sophomores and freshmen. Um, and they really just continue to gain confidence and it's really fun to see, um, and fun to play with to, 
to see, you know, 18 and 19 year olds gaining confidence in front of my very own eyes um, every week, it seems. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a I'd say we're a confident bunch, um, but, you know, our chemistry is just continuing to grow. And uh, hopefully we can continue to uh, push the envelope to see, you know, how good we can really be, because I believe the best of our offense is yet to come um, and we haven't played a complete game yet. So, uh, you know, excited if we can actually do that yeah where does that confidence come from for you and how do you how do you help give that confidence to the younger guys who are on the team yeah so part of the thing with me is so i i've learned this from from other guys um when i was a sophomore i played with nick aponte he was a senior um and nothing really seemed to phase him and i really admired that about him and it also just gave me a lot of confidence in being able to do things on the field. So, um, you know, I kind of took on that role this year, uh, just trying to be as confident as possible, but also just keeping an open line of communication um, with every person in the offense, um, giving them feedback on what I see, having them give feedback on what they see. Um, and we're, we're, there's kind of a mutual respect for everybody on the field um, because we're all going towards a common goal. And I think that respect kind of instills confidence in, in one another and in each other. So um, it's, like I said, it's, it's, it's seemed to work so far, um, but you know, still got a lot of lacrosse supply. Yeah. Well, it's working great so far. Uh, Grant, for you personally, you lead the nation right now with 54 assists so far this season. How have you become such a great feeder? When I was younger, I mean, I was always told, my dad always told me the assist is just as good as the goal. Um, so, you know, I, I've always kind of, you know, tried to incorporate that in my game as much as possible. Um, but, you know, I I'm kind of benefit from, from the off-ball movement of the guys. You know, our, one of our main sets is an invert offense, and there's just great, great off-ball movement up top. Um and a lot of people forget that, you know, we have Canadians up there, some guys who are very good at playing off ball. We have Mac O'Keefe, probably the best stretch shooter in college lacrosse. Um, you know, it's it's there are some guys up there that can do very special things um, to create space for them off the ball. And then once they get it, um, they don't need a lot of room to shoot it. So, um, you know, I, I've. I've always taken pride in, in being an assist guy and, and kind of a quarterback type player. Um, but it, a lot of my success, I would say, is, has come from the guys around me and them working so hard off the ball and me just being able to find them. That's great. Well, I want, you mentioned your dad. I want, I want to back up a little. So I know you grew up in Pennsylvania. How did you first get involved with lacrosse? Uh, so my brother Brandon started playing when he was in third grade, I think. Um, and I, uh, I played soccer. My dad played soccer. So soccer was definitely my first love. Um, and then, uh, you know, once my brother started playing, I, I actually didn't want to play baseball. Um, I wanted to wait until I was old enough to play lacrosse. Um, so I played soccer in the spring and in the fall. And then once I was old enough in first grade, that's when uh, I was able to start playing myself, but was dragged, dragged uh, along to my brother's practices, tried to participate as much as I could in those. Um, so, and then uh, my brother Blake started playing, I think, a year after Brandon. They're identical twins. So, oh, wow. 
So it was, uh, you know, I looked up a lot to them and um, kind of just try to inter intermix myself with their practices and their friends playing as much as I could. So that's kind of how it started. And they kind of pushed me to uh, be as good as I can be. And they still do today. They hold me to a very high standard. So it's uh, it's it's awesome that we all we all were able to bond over uh, the sport. Yeah, that's very cool. Were you, you so you had two brothers? Were you the youngest in the family? Yeah, I'm the youngest of three. My brothers are four years older than me. Okay, that's cool. Um, well, so I was reading something. Your senior year of high school, you led Haverford to a 26 and 0 record, and in that season, you had 37 goals and 83 assists, which is an astounding number in that league. Um, you were also named Lacrosse Magazine's Player of the Year. Uh, that year what are some of the, your fondest memories from playing in high school there are a lot there are, there are definitely a lot I mean playing for uh, Haverford um, is was so just brought so much fun and so much joy to my life um, who was coaching you, know, you at Haverford in those um, years so, so coach Nostrant was yeah. uh, the head coach and then uh Coach Patron, Coach Mark Patron, uh, who now coaches at Radnor, um, was the offensive coordinator. And Travis Loving, uh, who's down in Maryland coaching, um, was the defensive coordinator. And, you know, those those three, I would say, you know, the greatest memory is, is definitely going 26-0 and my senior year. Um, you know, that was a, a incredible year uh, through and through. Um, sophomore year, I would say, is another great memory. Um, we beat Malvern Prep in the Interactive Invitational Championship, um, and they were a, a rival uh, of ours. Um, but, yeah, I mean, playing under uh, Coach Nostrand, Coach Patron, and Coach Loving, I would say definitely probably the, the thing I benefited from most, um, is, and it's definitely one of my best memories just because – they really prepared me for the next level. Uh, they prepared all of us for the next level. I mean, on that team specifically, there are a lot of guys that are having success in college um, strictly because of how they pushed us and how they taught us to play the game um, that I don't think you get in a lot of high schools. Um, so I, I would say playing for them um, and learning as much as I could while I was, at, while I was there for four years is – definitely the the biggest memory of mine uh without a doubt that's great well grant take us through your recruiting process um what was that like and how did you end up at penn state yeah so uh i was so ninth grade i was in i was probably five three uh, <laughs> buck nine uh, a, a buck 35 um you know it wasn't very big i i didn't make the varsity team kind of swung back and forth for a few games. Um, so, uh, you know, I was a little taken back because I went to Haverford for lacrosse and it wasn't working out, but, you know, kept pushing. And then in that summer, um, getting a few looks from uh, mainly Maryland and, and here. Um, and uh, so both my parents are alumni at Penn State and my, my two brothers were actually on the club team here. Um, while I was going through the recruiting process and I'd gotten letters from uh, a few other schools and contacted from a few coaches, but uh, it, it kind of came down to, um, you know, I, I took a visit here and talked with coach Tambroni and the, you know, the way that he goes about his day is um, 
just about as good as any man can go go about his day. Um, he's a very family man first, um, but also just he holds you to an incredibly high standard to push you to be as good as you can be, um, which lined up pretty well with, you know, my high school coaches and kind of how I was raised as well. So um, it was kind of a no brainer for me once he laid an offer out on the table um, and being able to be here. I was actually in school with my brothers for one year, um, which was really cool and obviously good for my family to be able to, you know, have all three boys in one place. And, uh, yeah, it was, I I haven't really looked back since it's been one of the best decisions I could have made. Um, just thankful that, uh, coach gave me the opportunity and, uh, you know, tried to make, still trying to make the most of it um, through my four years here. Well, you're doing a pretty good job. <laughs> How old were you when you committed to Penn State? Because that was before they changed the recruiting timeline. Yeah, I was a, uh, I was, it was just before I started my 10th grade year. Okay. Uh, so I, I went to recruiting things and played summer ball. So I, went, I think I went to blue chip, Nike blue chip and, uh, Played summer ball for uh, the Dukes and Mesa Fresh. So uh, definitely had a lot of exposure um, and played in front of Coach a few times, which was good. Yeah, you talk about Coach Tambroni and how he goes about his day. Um, I'd love to hear more about that. What's it like playing for him? And, you know, specifically, what what has he taught you? Yeah, I I would say one word to describe him is – accountable and then another would be uh hardworking um you know he's he knows kind of how far he can push guys um he's uh, he holds me to a very high standard and i appreciate that not necessarily always in the moment but uh <laughs> but you know i know he's looking because he he feels that he can get a little bit more out of certain guys and um he holds the whole team to that standard uh no matter if we just beat the number one team in the country or if we just lost to uh, the worst team in the country. Um, it's just a very consistent mindset that he has um, from the f- from the fall all the way through to the spring. Um, and then also he's just he works tirelessly, um, you know, with watching film, uh, working with drills with us, just interacting with us um, all in. Obviously, we want to be the best on on Saturday or Sunday whenever we're playing. Um, but he, he works more so that way we're better teammates and better people once we leave this place. That's his ultimate goal, um, which obviously, you know, my parents loved hearing that going through the recruiting process. Um, and I, I think any family would, would love hearing that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely a huge role model for all of us um, and, and what he does. And, you know, I'm very lucky to be able to play under him um, now that I'm coming back, I get to play for him for five years, which is which is really cool. That's great. Yeah, you mentioned coming back from injury. You missed the entire 2018 season with a preseason foot injury. Take us through your recovery and what you did to come back better than ever this year. Yeah, so I got injured, uh, I think it was three or four days before the home opener. Um, got surgery the day before the home opener. Um, you know, the, the original anticipation was that I was going to be back mid-season um it was the same injury that uh Rob Pinnell had when he was at in Cornell um a foot injury 
and uh, you know it was it was just a slow uh, recovery, um, and it didn't go as expediently as I wanted it to. Um, so you know had to sit out the whole year, um, but it it did give me good perspective and kind of made me more hungry than ever to get back and you know be in the lineup and um, you know go through the practices and all those things that I that I missed. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was a very tough experience and at the time but it definitely drew an appreciation for um the grind and practice and conditioning and in the weight room um and then also obviously for for playing in games um that sometimes you know people take for granted um and i took for granted at times and uh you know you never know when one wrong step you're you could be out for the season so kind of try to continue to keep that mindset through this season yeah, that's great. Um, what what is it? What is your typical off season training like? What what are you doing to become um, faster and a better lacrosse player on the field? Yeah, we, well, we have phenomenal um, strength and conditioning uh, coach here, uh, Coach Matt Dorn. He's incredibly hardworking coach that just wants the best for every player um, wants to make them as as good as they can be physically on game day um, so you know strength and conditioning there's a lot of things that go into it um, your your typical regimen um, you know lifting Monday Wednesday Fridays conditioning probably three days a week um, and you know trying to push as much as we can um, but also kind of taper back at times. Um, you know, this this fall, we the, we kind of went in it with the understanding that you don't need to be in the best shape possible in September, uh, but you need to be in the best shape possible in January through May. Um, so, you know, because sometimes, you know, you get guys that, that die out um, towards the end of the year just because they're physically tired, and that's uh, that, that just happens just because you put so much – wear and tear on the body through the through the 12 months of um a year and uh so we, we've definitely been smart about you know when to push and when to build up uh so that way we could hit the ground running which i think we did pretty successfully in the preseason this year um playing army in lafayette i think we were as as in good a shape as we could be with a lot of things we still could work on so um yeah i wouldn't say it's too much of a different regimen than any other team uh but i'd say that where we separated ourselves this year was just how we went about things and going at it more as in a scientific way rather than just a um, work as hard as you can all the time type of way yeah that's smart do you think that the team has you know suffered from burnout in past years uh Potentially, yeah. um, you know, I was I was a freshman and sophomore. I think the younger guys have a little bit of an easier time, but um, just because if they're if you're playing as a freshman or a sophomore, I mean you're just happy to be a part of it. Um, but you know it's it's a long season. It's a you know it's we we still have four or, uh, we still have six weeks left until Memorial Day weekend, and that's a that's a lot. Uh, right. you know, as, as we're already ten games into the season, so. Um, it's, you know, you got to be smart about it. Um, and I think some teams really do a good job in peaking in May and that's kind of what our hope is physically. So that way we can, uh, you know, have no excuses at the end of the day. 
Yeah. Um, Grant, you're you're five nine, right? One sixty five. So you're not the biggest guy on the field. Um, how have you been able to have so much success? What separates you um, when you're out there? Yeah. First, that's that's one of the beauties of of lacrosse. You know, you don't need to be the biggest. You don't need to be the strongest. Um, but if you can play to your strengths, I think it's it takes advantage. You know, I I tend to use uh, my quickness um, and you know being able to beat defenders with speed. Um, and uh, recently, I've been able to kind of use my strength because I've, I've taken a weight room a little bit seriously and a little bit more seriously and. You know, seen some some numbers increase and gotten a lot stronger. Um, so I'm able to play a little bit more physically than I was in my younger years. Um, but you know, separating in any way that you can. Um, you know, vision is is definitely a big one. Always having your head up when you're dodging, um, either for the slide or for the shot. Um, and then another thing that you know I've I've stressed since I was younger is just being able to play with both hands. I think that's um, dying off in a lot of ways in, in lacrosse, you know, you see a lot of, a lot of box players and a lot of, um, you know, one-handed lacrosse players. And that's, if you, if you can go both hands, I think it, it opens up a lot of doors for you, um, on the field. And it's also makes it a lot harder for teams to scout you and cover you. Yeah. So if you're talking to a younger player and you're telling him, you need to work on both hands. Um, what are you specifically telling them to do? So first is, is getting on the wall. Um, you know, you, you got to get on the wall. So at Haverford, um, every morning, an hour before school, we would the ninth and 10th graders would uh, hit the wall and the 11th and 12th graders got to shoot. Um, so that, <laughs> we, did that, we did that an hour before school in the fall every day wow uh, and uh so you know you got to make sure you're getting on the wall but um you know first you got to make sure your form is correct um you know the mirror drills the classic you know putting the sock in your stick and just making sure that your lefty and righty form are identical um is you know, that's the first step and then once you can work and continue to improve um you can move on to shooting and, and on the run stuff but um, I mean, it's incredibly, it's incredibly important um, to to pick it up when you're younger because it's it's pretty hard when you're older. Um, once your skills are already pretty much, you know, close to getting it to its peak, um, it, it's it's harder to get that offhand work. And if you've just been using your dominant hand majority of the time. So I don't think everybody would know the mirror drill actually. So tell us exactly how how that one works. Yeah. So it's so you basically put a sock. You make a make a ball out of a sock, um, so that way you aren't breaking the mirror. But you just stand in front of a mirror, whether it's in your bathroom or, um, you know, wherever. Um, and so you, you throw with your strong hands, figuring out its form. Then you switch over to your weak hand, just so you can figure out the tendencies that you have with your strong hand, so it looks identical um, once you get to your weak hand. That's something that I did when I was younger, um, and uh, you know, once I got it, then. You know, tried to be, tried to use my my left hand as as much as possible. Um, you know, playing with it in practice, a little bit extra, or um, you know, if if say you're playing a, a team that's not that you're running up the score on, and play just with your left hand and try to get better with that, or uh, going with going to camps and playing some days just with your left hand or just with your right hand, whatever it may be. 
um, you know, just being able to challenge yourself and get out of your comfort zone. Um, I think that's the hardest thing is just, you know, understanding that it is a process and you're probably going to make mistakes. But if you continue to push, you know, it's, it opens up a lot of doors for you. Oh, that's great. I love that. So when you were growing up, were you, uh, uh, a big fan of the game watching a lot of college and pro lacrosse and and if so who were the guys that you were watching specifically and how would you try to learn from them while you were watching games yeah so I would you know every Saturday there's a, there was always that game on ESPNU and uh if I saw a cool play I would pause it go out and try it in my front yard <laughs> um and then that's so funny. I did the same exact thing, but when I was doing it, it was VHS, so it was a little <laughs> different. <laughs> yeah, I was able to. The DVR definitely helped me in that case. Um, but you know, it, all of the greats um, I, that I watched: you know, Mikey Pals, Rob Pinnells, um, Mark Millens, Paul Rabels, Kyle Harrison's, um, all of the the greats of college and professional lacrosse um, were always um, on TV. Um, I also did watch a lot of YouTube videos um, on just highlights of those guys and just the way that they moved and the way that they did things. Um, you know, I remember one specific was, I think it was the Kyle Harrison three-step split dodge. Um, that's kind of where I started to learn mine. Um, and then I kind of took some off of how Paul Rabel did it how Mark Millen did it, a little bit of Rob Pinnell flair into it, and kind of just tried to combine all of those guys into some something that worked for me. Because um, I knew at the end of the day I wasn't going to be those guys as I wanted to be myself, um, but still use their skills and their talents to my advantage as best as I could. Pretty good guys to model your game after. Those are good choices. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Today, social media is such a big part of the world. Um, what role does social media play in your life? Do you, do you like it um, or do you hate it? I would say I'm kind of indifferent. Um, yeah. I like it in a, in a sense that you get to kind of see what people are doing. Uh, and, um, you know, it's, it's definitely a, an interesting thing with the sport of lacrosse um, yeah. because – you know, we don't get the publicity that NBA or NFL players would get. Um, and so, you know, building our own brand is something that you, if you want to be truly successful, you kind of have to do it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the first two guys that come to mind are obviously Paul Rabel and Rob Pinnell. Um, I mean, they're on Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube pages, whatever it may be and just trying to cover as much as the, of their life possible. Um, so as much as, you know, I, I post every now and then on, on Instagram, um, retweet a lot on Twitter. Um, and, uh, but you know, those, th those two platforms have become a, a staple of a professional lacrosse player's life. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of cool in that aspect. It's very, it's a, makes it a very modern sport. Um, but, you know, as a college player, um, it's kind of just, I, I'm not quite using it as a a hundred percent brand building activity yet, you know, <laughs> still can post pictures with my friends and, and stuff like that. Um, and just follow along with the people around me and my friends and whatever they're doing. So, um, yeah, I would say indifferent, but yeah. necessary with the sport that I play. 
Are there rules at Penn State for how you guys can use social media? Yeah, I mean the NCAA, you're you're not allowed to, you know, the post of somebody you like. You can't really post for companies or things like that, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but as for posting pictures, I mean, you're allowed to post whatever you want within reason. Obviously, you know, captions need to be appropriate. They need to be overall appropriate. Um, but I don't think anybody on our team is is anywhere close. I know there's been some um, recent uh, things going on with some guys in the NCAA uh, uh, with that, and it's it, it's unfortunate, but it's just the matter of the fact that you play for a league, and when you sign sign those papers, those are the rules that you have to abide by. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know we're only about a little more than halfway through the year, but reflecting on this great season you've had so far, what are some of the moments that stand out to you? Um, you know, that Villanova game was was uh, probably the biggest for me personally. Um, you know, that was my first game back, and there was some pregame jitters. Um, but you know, once I got out there, it was it was. I felt fine. Um, so, you know, the Villanova game, just making a statement first and foremost against a very good team um, was, was pretty big. Um, and then I look at the Yale game. Um, you know, we lost that game. Uh, but I think that was one of the first times that we lost. Um, but we felt that we truly left it all out on the field and didn't make too many mistakes. We didn't lose the game for ourselves the other team just played well and did enough to win. Um, I think that was a big step for us uh, as a program. Um, and then uh, most recently, obviously, the Maryland win um, was it was so fun to be a part of. Um, have a lot of respect for Maryland. Um, don't necessarily love playing them a lot. <laughs> you know, those they've gotten the best of, out of us. Um, the past three years and luckily we were able to figure it out this year um and i'm assuming we'll probably see them again um but definitely that maryland win just from a program standpoint was so cool to be a part of um and you know it's just one step in the right direction but um you know it, it's it's huge for a program like ours yeah well grant <clears throat> i want to talk about the elephant in the room uh penn state's never won a playoff game um what does that mean to this year's team, and how do you get over that hump this season? Yeah, that's a uh, thanks for bringing it up. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, we were in the playoffs my sophomore year, and just kind of we couldn't figure it out against Towson. Um, it still lingers, lingers for sure. Um, and uh, you know, but I think actually this this year's team is. You know, we have a we have a short-term goal, and that's just to keep getting better each day. But our long-term goal, I would say, our long-term goal isn't actually just to you know win a playoff game. Our long-term goal is to be playing in Philadelphia um, yeah. in late May. So um, I think we understand the steps and the process that we need to continue to harp on, um, and you know we're continuing to do that. I would say we aren't looking towards the playoffs i'd say we're looking towards michigan yeah and then we're gonna look towards johns hopkins and then towards Rutgers, and then however the big 10 tournament plays out uh we'll look towards that and playing um in new jersey and, and uh at Rutgers for for that and then you know hopefully get 
um, a bid for the playoffs and hopefully get a first round home game and and then continue to push from there. But, um, you know, I would say it's actually not lingering on as much as you'd think. Um, I'd say in your, in like last year, I'd say it was definitely a thought. Um, but I, I'd say we're focused week to week this year, which is, I, I think, a way to go out, go about things um, just beyond lacrosse. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. Well, and so let, uh, we'll get one more question for you here. So you fill in the blank, okay? So blank makes a great lacrosse player. Uh, I would say a, a guy that makes, you know, that can contribute uh, in multiple ways um, and, and basically making their the guys around them better. Um, you know, if you have guys around around you that are willing to make plays that aren't goals or assists, you know, hustles, ground, ground balls, ride backs, turnover, cause turnovers, whatever it may be, um, but then also that are are willing to do what's best for the team um, as well as, you know, give their very best uh, for the guys around them. Um, I'd say that's what, what makes a great player. And, um, you know, those, those types of guys are, are the ones that do very well, um, you know, with, with all sorts of accolades. And um, if you look at any great player, they were, they're definitely a, a guy that can create for himself, um, but also for his teammates. So uh, th- those are the guys that I definitely try to emulate on the field. I love it, man. Thank, you know, thanks for sharing that, and thanks so much for coming on the show. Grant, uh, congrats on a great start, and good luck with the rest of the season. Great. Thanks for having me, Chris. Mm-hmm.